You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the MLB.com StatCast Podcast. Welcome back to the MLB.com StatCast Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Petriello. With me is Matt Myers, the national editor for MLB.com. Matt, hello. How hello. are you? I'm great. Great. Listen, we've had a lot of our top prospect lists coming out, and so I'm really excited to have one of those top prospects on the phone with us right now. Uh, Dodgers prospect number three overall, Dodgers prospect number 24 overall prospect, Jose De Leon. Jose, how are you this evening? Hey, I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hello Thanks. to everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I wanted to ask you, you you've kind of had an interesting uh, career path. You know, you were drafted in the 24th round a couple years ago, uh, 724th player selected, nearly a 70 ERA in rookie ball that first year. And here you are less than three years later, you're our number five right-handed pitcher. Like I said, number three Dodger prospect. Uh, you broke Clayton Kershaw's Great Lakes strikeout record. Uh, and I'm interested, when you look back at that, is it that you weren't valued properly in the draft? Do you think teams missed on you, or are you really a different person and pitcher than you were at the time? I, I think I'm way different. Um, uh, I just, when I, I had the talent, I had it, but I didn't work as hard as I, I work now, and my delivery wasn't clean enough. So after I cleaned up all, all the mess I had, so everything just clicked, and, and here I am today. Uh, when you talk about the the mess and the delivery, can you what what exactly was the change? Is that something the Dodgers told yeah, you to change? Yeah, I was I was I was throwing across my body like big time. <clears throat> I was starting I was starting in the in the, in the first base side of the rubber, and I was ending up like far like on the on the third base side, like off the rubber. So I was I was it was it was really really across my body. Um, my delivery I had the, that inverted W that they say. I had that, so I started working with that. The first thing I did when I I got signed, I I moved to the to the third base side of the rubber, and still I was throwing across my body. So it was really difficult for me to reach that glove side um, corner on right high, uh, you know, outside corner to right hand hitters. So uh, I I just I just started working with. Um, uh, a coach with the coaches in the minor league system and in extended spring they I was able to straighten up and everything just just took off. I moved to the first base side of the rubber and I just I just saw that the home plate like wide wide open. It was so easy for me to reach that glove side fastball down. So yeah, I, I gotta give credit to the Dodgers organization for helping me on that. So when, uh, as you've been coming up through the system, I assume you've had conversations with the Dodgers, uh, maybe Gabe Kapler, who runs the minor league system. When they tell you what they're looking at in terms of whether you're ready for a promotion, what kind of stats are, are they valuing? I assume it's not wins and losses probably anymore these days, right? Yeah, they don't. They don't They don't care about win, wins or losses. They don't care about ERA. That, that surprised me a little bit. Uh, they care more about one of the things I... I know they care about, and I take really, really pride on uh, it's on the strikeout to walks ratio. Um, they also um, care a lot about FIP, the fielding independence uh, pitching. Uh, they, the, 
I can't remember any of uh, of the others, but but there's it, it's surprising when they said they don't care about ERA. I thought that was that was like the the legit the legit stat that that you know that that could separate a good pitcher from a average pitcher, but they they don't look at that. Was that was that hard for you and and other players that you know to get acclimated to, or did it kind of click once they explained you know what the reasons were behind that? Yeah, it's a little it's a little difficult at first. I still, I still have some some issues sometimes. Just, you know, just with the thought process of just figuring out what they what they care, what they don't care. Because at the end, you just got to pitch, and you you just can't be thinking what they are looking for, or where they or what they like or what they don't like. You know, you just got to go out there and compete. That's that's the ultimate thing they they look at. It's competing, and if you can compete, throwing the ball under your legs and or behind your back, and you can throw strikes and you get get people out, then you're gonna be successful. <laughs> well, I was looking at, at your stats, and one thing that I found really fascinating last year is uh, so you were in the Cal League, uh, California League, and that's really known as a, a hitter's haven. Um, balls were flying out of the park there, and you really did a great job of keeping the ball in the park. You just had a, a 0.2 home runs per nine. Uh, and I'm curious, that probably can't happen by accident, right? Is that a strategy you had, something you did in particular to keep the ball from going over the fence? Yes, I remember when they said, uh, I, I told a guy, hey, my next game I'm starting in Lancaster. And some some guy, Rob Rogers, was that he played in the Cal League the year before. He was like, no, you don't want to pitch there. You look too excited to pitch in that place. And I was like, no, I want to pitch there. I really want to pitch there. And he was like, okay. And then I said, oh, look. And then my next game after that is in, in high desert. And he was like, oh, you're screwed. <laughs> and I was like, no. I was like, I, I, take, I take, you know, that, that challenge. And, and I was like, I, wa- I want to I wanna compete. I want to do good in this, in this place. And I remember first pitch in Lancaster, home run, dead center. And I was like, okay, maybe I didn't want to pitch to here. But um, after that, I threw, I threw. That was, I, I gave up. That was the only run I gave up in six innings. Struck at like twelve. So I was like, man, this, 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 this was fun. You know, pitching against against a team that they they were hitting a lot and they were they were playing in that that field that it was like so hitter friendly and. Being able to dominate, I was, I, I that really helped me. In my, you know, I was, I was feeling very confident. Well, I guess. And I'm... then next year, I was pitching in in high desert, and same thing. I threw seven shutout innings or one one run in seven innings, and and I was like, okay, this is this is this is some special, and yeah, I, I just I just like the challenges. I guess it's good practice because when you get to the the big leagues in the NL West, you're gonna have to. Uh, play in Colorado and play in Arizona, and those are absolutely yeah. hitters' parks. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask you: when you were drafted, um, 2013. Since then, there's been a, a turnover uh, in the Dodgers regime. They get a new general manager and a lot of new staff members. Um, aside from the from the stats they value, what's kind of changed in the organization from from your perception uh, since that that you were drafted? I think everything, really, to be honest with you. Uh, the atmosphere in the clubhouse in, in Glendale in spring training is, is just unbelievable. People are just 
they look more relaxed and these these guys now they they just they just go they don't hide the ball from you and they they go with things straight up and uh, you know and and everybody there's there's nothing to not like about that you know you, when when people say things straight up to your face and how they like it and what what they like what they don't like so so yeah it's it's that's that's something a little different from what we had uh, in my first year. So I, I think that's that's huge for for the development. And we we saw it. We had we had a championship uh, championship team this year in Rancho, and you know it's 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 great when you have communication like that. So you've been uh, rewarded for your hard work in a couple of weeks. This is going to be your first time in Major League Camp in spring training. Uh, are there specific players or coaches that you're really hoping to, to meet and learn from? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't met anyone. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to just be there and being able to interact with those guys and try to I'm, – I'm going with my, my ears open, trying to absorb everything that I can, that I possibly can. Uh, like, like I do every time, uh, I just go out there and try to sneak a uh, sneak peek of uh, you know what the, what Kirsch is doing and all those great guys are doing and try to emulate them. So yeah, I also can't wait to meet uh, Dave Roberts. I mean, he's the new manager, and uh, pretty excited to to meet him. Now, I know a lot of Dodger fans are really excited about you making your uh, Major League debut at some point this season, but it seems, based on the amount of pitchers they've signed, you're probably going to start in AAA, and it really looks like that rotation could be stacked. Uh, yourself, Julio Urias, Zach Lee, Jarrell Cotton, Stripling, Carlos Frias, a lot of these guys that you probably know and have played with, uh, it must be exciting for you to kind of look at that rotation and say, you know, this might be as good as some big league rotations. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, I just don't... To be honest with you, I don't I don't pay too much attention to that because you know anything can happen. So I just I just I just know that wherever they send me, I'm I'm doing my my job the best I can to go out there every five days and give my team a chance to win. That's all I can control. So staying healthy and and just competing. And when when the Dodgers decide there's there's my chance to go to the major leagues and make my debut, then then so be it. So I'm I'm just living living day day by day and just pretty excited to 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 be going through what I'm going through right now. Jose, before we let you go, I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, Puerto Rico, where you're, where you're from. There's lots of really great offensive players in the game right now, obviously. Carlos Beltran and the Molinas and your daughter teammate Kike Hernandez. And this year we added Carlos Correa and Francisco Lindor, um, really talented guys. But there's really fewer pitchers that have come off of the island. Probably the best right now, maybe Javier Lopez, Xavier Cedeno. Could even make the argument you're the best Puerto Rican pitcher in professional baseball at the moment. And I'm curious as to your opinion. Why is that? You know, why why is there so much more hitting talent than pitching talent? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, the best the best pitcher we've we've had is Javier Vasquez, and um, that's a guy I, I try to you know try to compare myself to. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like to talk too much about myself. So I think there's there's a lot of um, Puerto Rican pitchers going, coming up now. I think we're gonna turn around things and you know break those those the the you know what what people been seeing that uh, 
I think I think we're gonna have great pitching now in Puerto Rico, uh, with Jose Barrios coming up, uh, Jorge Lopez, uh, Edwin Diaz. I mean, there's there's great starting pitching coming up, and I think we're gonna we're gonna change the, the history of the Puerto Rican baseball in in a couple of years. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Jose Barrios. I think he's going to make a big impact on the Twins this year. Listen, really appreciate your time. Jose De Leon, um, number three prospect for the Dodgers, almost certainly going to see him in the big leagues this year. Jose, best of luck this year, and thanks for taking a few minutes for us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anytime. Well, Matt, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Jose De Leon, he's a, he's a really interesting guy, right? You can tell he's got a lot of heart. Like He, he really wants to, to make this team and, and get his career going and make the people of Puerto Rico proud. And I don't know, I, I kind of like it when you actually like, like a guy. You can hear it through the phone. He's a, he's a guy you should root for. Yeah, and I liked his, uh, his honest self-assessment. Was it his mechanics were a mess? Yeah, he was... did say that. His like, mechanics were a mess. Uh, I kind of thought when I asked him, you know, were, were you being underrated by being drafted in the 24th round? And he'd say, yeah, you know, nobody believed in me. And it didn't really come off like that. He's like, no, I was, I was kind of a mess, and then I've improved since then. <laughs> so I liked that. Uh, I really liked when, you know, obviously the Dodgers aren't going to care about wins and losses, and nobody should. And he said they, they are interested in strikeouts to walk percentage, which is pretty straightforward, but also FIP. Uh, and he, he sounded like he didn't quite, you know, hadn't made that into the, the daily lexicon of, of his conversation. But I think it's interesting that that's what they're actually teaching in the minor leagues. Yeah, for sure. And I imagine most of our uh, listeners are familiar with the stat, but maybe, Mike, you want to give them a Sure, FIP, Fielding Independent Pitching. It's on the same scale as ERA. So, you know, a, a 250 ERA is good, a 250 FIP is good. But what it basically does is it, it, uh, it measures the three true outcomes, right? It measures walks. Uh, strikeouts and home runs, which are the three things that pitcher can control fully in theory. And so it strips out stuff like uh, batted ball luck and, and park effects. And if a reliever comes in and screws up the guys you left for him, it takes out the run scoring component of it. Uh, and it just measures what you can do. And it's supposed to be fairer. So you look at guys like uh, Carlos Carrasco playing in front of a not great Cleveland defense. His FIP is almost always going to be lower than his ERA because the defense is going to kind of mess that up for him. So that's FIP. And it's interesting that that's actually what they're teaching the young guys, and I like that. Well, it's, and it's certainly, you know, it, it's it's uh, beneficial when you have pitchers um, in a league like the Cal League, which is known as a hitter's league. You can definitely help their confidence a little bit by right. saying, yeah. hey, you know, your ERA is is 4.5, but your FIP is 2.5. Although for De Leon, it wasn't issue. His ERA in the Cal League was, I think, 1.67. Well, it helps when you're striking out, like, you know, 12 guys a nine or whatever he was doing. But like I said, he he broke Clayton Kershaw's Great Lakes strikeout record. And whenever you can do something better than Clayton Kershaw did, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's not surprising um, that the Dodgers are an organization, particularly the, the current Dodgers, that is valuing FIP. Obviously, Andrew Friedman came over from the Rays, He's their team president now um, and is known for sort of analytical thinking and using new metrics and such. Um, but it is, you know, it sort of opens the door. Okay, where's the future of how we're evaluating prospects? And I have to imagine StatCast is going to start to seep in. Yeah, well, I think an education, too. I remember a story last year. Uh, our friend Pedro Moore wrote the story, and it was about Gabe Kapler was talking to, I think it was uh, Scott Shebler, who's since been traded, but at the time he was hitting, I don't know, a buck fifty, no RBIs, and he was getting really down on himself, and he was kind of taking that baggage to the plate. And Gabe Kapler goes to him and says, listen, we think you're doing a great job. It's like, I know what it says on the scoreboard, but your exit velocity is where you're crushing the ball. And that's, that's something we look at in StatCast every single day is exit velocity. And, you know, Shebler said he was really kind of surprised that that's what they were valuing, but it really it helped pick him up. Right? And so he walked to the plate feeling a little taller, and then you know the hits started dropping, the numbers started being there, uh, and it ended up being kind of an effective way to, to tell these guys, here's what we're actually looking at. Yeah, and you know, my, my first experience with anything StatCast-related was when I first heard about TrackMan, which is one of the uh, 
the uh, components of StatCast. It's a, a radar tracking system. First time I'd heard about it, I think I can't. I, I 2011, 2012. It was uh, when 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 Dan Straley, who was a had come into the year as a totally pedestrian pitching prospect and was leading the minors in ERA and AAA, and everyone was kind of like, "Well, who's what's this who's this guy?" And um, I'd read a story basically that said that oh, there's this technology track man that tracks extension, and it was showing that his fastball was playing way up because it was in a bunch of AAA parks in Pacific Coast, Coast League. And here was a guy who was throwing 92, but it was coming in at like 95, 96, and that's why he was having all the success. Dan Sterling has not lived up to his AAA stats at his moments in, in the majors, okay. but it was the first exposure I had. So it's 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 been there for for a few years. And I know a few weeks ago when when Kevin Goldstein was on the podcast, the head of pro scouting for the Astros, he said they have TrackMan in all of their yeah. Affiliates, and I I'm interested to know how many. I, I know it's not every team because I know it's not in every park, but I'm interested in how many teams and which teams kind of follow suit. Like, is it just the Astros? I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm sure some teams must be installing it at their parks to get more data. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and a lot of times it's the teams you don't think. You know, as Kevin said, oh, the Royals have more full-time analysts than the Astros do, but no one thinks of the Royals as a... There is the narrative that they win only with guts and not with, you know, the guys who are wearing the rings who are the quote-unquote stat nerds are probably like, hey, we're here too. You know, we helped. (laughs) But we do have some StatCast data on a top prospect who actually, you know, maybe one of the handful, maybe maybe the only right-handed pitching prospect who's... Lucas Giolito. Who's clearly We're considered a better Lucas prospect than, than Jose De Leon. He, he was, the, I think, for the second consecutive year, our number one right-handed pitching prospect, Lucas Giolito. Yes. Uh, and almost certainly, will, barring injury, will make his major league debut this year, and he's very highly touted. Um, yeah, it was interesting. We looked at, at extension, not just off the mound, uh, but it was more of like an, uh, as a measurement of height. Right. So, you know, if, if you're six foot tall and I'm five foot tall and we're both six feet off the mound, well, that's obviously a little bit different because I'm a smaller guy. Right. I'm actually not five foot tall for anybody listening. But that's that's kind of the idea. And so his uh, numbers as a comparison, there were very reminiscent to no Syndergaard and Jose Fernandez, two guys who have become extremely good pitchers. And we don't know yet that that's good enough to say that Lucas Giolito is going to be guaranteed to be a star. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into it. But anytime you can compare him to those two guys, that's a really good start. I mean, that's something the Nationals have to look at and say, well, we're really excited about this guy. Yeah, and that's, I mean, to me, that's part of what's interesting about StatCast is I, I think that what we may start to see, and or this might just be me, me being impatient, is that some of this data stabilizes a little more quickly so that we can more quickly, you know, whereas you might want to say like, well, let's wait a couple of seasons to see if some of it, yeah, some of this is whereas like, you know, with with things like extension and perceived velocity, you know, and spin rate, where suddenly it's like, okay, you know, the classification of this guy's pitches, you know, this his fastball has the characteristics of you Noah know, Syndergaard's fastball from extension, spin rate, et cetera. So like pretty pretty quickly, you know, a hundred pitches, fifty pitches, five hundred pitches, we don't know the number, but I think it's going to be a lot quicker than two or three seasons where we'll be able to say. Wow, this guy is. Yeah, this guy's an I, I think you're right, and I think that's probably going to be more on the pitching side than, than the defensive side, which is what everybody wants. We need to really see, you know, how much defensive metric do you, do you really need. But I, I think you're right for pitching. Uh, that stuff seemed to stabilize pretty quickly. It's just kind of anecdotally, we need to have more numbers to it. But I think that that's something we can really look at for some of the minor league guys and say, this guy's really interesting. He's doing something. Maybe he's not showing up in the ZRA, but he's actually doing something that's really interesting. And um, and we see that, that, and that's sort of what, what happens with pitchers. We see, to me, it seems like we see this a lot more with pitchers who sort of come out of nowhere from nowhere, quote-unquote, you know, like, uh, you know, Jacob DeGrom comes to mind, Corey Kluber comes to mind. Yeah. With these guys, and maybe De Leon is sort of in that mold, although he is ranked higher on prospect lists than Kluber and DeGrom did, but this idea of sort of, you know, discovering something new 
Right. Um, and maybe StatCast will, you know, if we're tracking guys in the minors, will show this where suddenly a team notices, hey, this guy is... Well, that, that's what I want to know. We'll never know this. I, want, I would love to have known, you know, before and after De Leon fixing his messy mechanics and moving to the other side of the rubber, you know, his velocity, everybody knows went up. Did his spin rate change because he wasn't throwing across his body? We, we can't know that. But hopefully if we get this in more minor league ballparks, this is the kind of thing we'd be able to measure. Uh, and it's just another way to shine some light on maybe some of the, the guys who aren't in the top five, top ten, whatever. So I think that's interesting. So Jose De Leon, I like him. He's good. And uh, I think we're going to see him this year. He is number 24 on our overall prospect list. And about 24th on the uh, Dodgers pitching depth chart. But that's just uh, because of the quantity of pitchers they have. Uh... Yeah, well, you could, we could probably spend 15 minutes just trying to remember who all these guys are. But there's a lot of them. So this has been the MLB.com StatCast podcast. Thanks to my guest, Jose De Leon of the Dodgers. I'm Mike Petriello. Thank you to Matt Meyer sitting here next to me. We will catch you next week.